Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. <clears throat> there she is, my daughter. And we're here <laughs> for the Invested Podcast, which we've been loving to do for years now. And it's about time we talk about something about how to look at companies to start with. I mean, how, where to look, what to do, kind of where to jump in, right? Yeah, exactly. Of, is, that, yeah. is that a good way to say what we were talking about last time? Yeah, well, what we were talking about last time, we decided to call the weather, which I loved because it's yeah, the like we've talked so, so much <clears throat> in great detail about specific companies. Okay, here's company X. Here's what you do within that company. And I think what's been kind of nagging at me is what do I do not with that exact company, but like with uh, with what's around that company, all the other competitors they have, similar companies, <laughs> the ones that aren't similar necessarily, but sort of relate to them, the ones that are in the industry, the ones that uh, are in like a surrounding sector, and then the bigger the bigger things we've kind of been getting to a little bit talking about like the currency that they're in the stock market they trade on um and like their country of origin or other major countries where they manufacture or maybe where their headquarters are so all these things are kind of to me like around the company and less so going to be something that we find on the financial statements or um something involving the management which are very are, are the specific things that we've talked about so much so yeah, I think that's why I'm sort of having this this question of like, how far do I go into that weather system, so to speak? Well, I've been thinking about this <clears throat> since we last talked and and just on how we actually do it, the, the process we use and, and just to like put this at in your, context. Like at your office, you mean? Yeah, at our office. And I mean, to put it in context, we, if we compare ourselves to um, other other fund managers um, and look at their strategies versus our strategies and how we're doing. Mm -hmm. I would say first off, the first thing is <clears throat> that we have to understand that we don't, we would not compare ourselves to how other funds are doing particularly because we're not focused on high returns kind of, I, I don't know if that sounds paradoxical or what, but well, I, mean, I think on a, on a shorter like, term basis, you're not focused on. Yeah. I mean, we're targeting like 26% returns, which are humongous. And we, we yeah. don't get that in markets like this, but ideally, you know. Um, but here's the thing. We've, we've, what we really focus on is limiting the downside risk, limiting our losses. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a couple of ways you can do that. 
one which requires a lot of brains and a lot of work and a lot of talent and a lot of effort. And that is to just learn everything about that company and the weather it's in and the mm. right, all of its competitors and the country and the currency and just know everything. Exactly. And the other way is to just buy stuff with a huge margin of safety. So we, I see you looking like, hmm, how would you know what the actual margin of safety is if you don't know enough about the company? Because we always say, right, the first number one thing is understand the business. (laughs) But you can paralyze yourself trying to understand businesses. Yes, exactly. Like there's just, and I think there's no, that's what happens. There's no natural end. It's always there could be more. Right. You look at every competitor, you can look deeper and deeper into everything. But here's the thing it's like, if you if you do what we do, and and I guess what I was going to say is that if you compare us against other fund managers that are doing fairly similar to what we're doing, that is really kind of trying to focus on rule number one, not lose money, and then let the high end of the market take care of itself. Let so there's 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 maybe twenty or thirty other funds that do kind of like what we do, and we come out number one in that category across multiple time periods. And it and the reason is is because what they don't do that we do the only major thing they don't do that we do and we're talking about the things that they do that we do include hedging our positions include using options to enter and exit positions we do all that kind of stuff we never talk about here much on the podcast mm-hmm. we do all of that to lower our risk and we end up with a a risk profile called a beta profile as far as the market's concerned. That's very low. I and mean, we have a beta profile of a bond fund. And, and so do these other guys. So here we are comparing ourselves to other companies that are looking at really trying to keep their risk low and talking about, OK, well, how do you do that? Right. And so virtually all these other okay. companies do it by hedging their positions. And what we do is we try to understand a handful of businesses, very different than everybody else, a handful of businesses well enough that we can get an idea of what they're worth. And then we, in order to fully hedge that position, we buy them when we think we can buy them for half of the price that they're worth. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and that comes out better than what everybody else is doing. That's the point I'm trying to make. Uh-huh. That system that we use or that strategy that we use combines understanding enough of the business, not, not, digging in so much you get paralyzed but understanding enough of it well enough that we can get a ballpark value on the thing and when we can get the ballpark value we cut that in half and try to buy it at that price we've given ourselves an enormous margin of safety to be wrong about that ballpark intrinsic value we could be off by quite a lot and still be buying the company at it at a price that reflects a pretty good deal you look puzzled I mean, that makes total sense. And I think the crux of the question is, what is enough? What is enough? Right. So there's never enough. And you (laughs) can start with that. Exactly. (laughs) And we know that because even on companies, we've spent an enormous amount of time. And we're talking about hundreds of man hours going into the analysis and then the damn company drops like maybe we'll buy it at 
$30 and it drops to, to, to 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that huge drop, I mean, we always, we thought it was on sale at 30, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes to 18. It definitely challenges you emotionally with the question, did I miss something? But why does, would you ask that question? That? Do you not understand why it dropped? Yeah, we understand why it dropped. Oh, okay. I mean, let's well, then to me, that let's, says let's like, Netflix. you know enough. Let's, let's take Netflix, for example. Okay. We, okay. we thought Netflix was worth every bit of the $600 it was selling for. It went down to 300 and we bought it. Mm-hmm. And then it went down to 180 mm-hmm. And it went down to 180 in one big swoop based on the, um, well, first it went from 600 down to 300 because it had, it didn't, it, its growth didn't continue after the, after the COVID pandemic. It started losing subscribers. But yeah, we, we thought we understood that. It's people okay, like me fine. who were very skeptical of its business model. Right. So, yeah. okay. So we, we thought we understood that. And then um, they, they basically failed to deliver on a quarter of, of uh, growth. Mm-hmm. And the whole market just dumped them. Mm-hmm. It just totally got out at kind of the same time that all the other major, what, what do they call them? The, the streaming services, you know, Apple and all those guys, all the tech come, all the major tech companies, they were crumbling as well as interest rates started to rise. So, um, basically what happened was we, we challenged ourselves to review all of what we had learned about Netflix because it really it really made me nervous that we missed something major that that the industry wasn't going to grow or that the competitors were going to be more dynamic than we thought. Yeah. And we went back through it all and came to the same conclusion and we bought more. We bought more of it. We ended up with gosh, I think 23% of the portfolio in that one company. Wow. And then it went to 500. Mhm. So Okay, did we ever know enough? To this day, I don't think I know enough about it, really. I'm not really an expert in streaming companies, but do I know enough to be able to say with with a pretty high degree of conviction that this thing is worth, you know, 600 bucks? And the answer is, yeah, I think I can do that. And that's really all that's required. So this is this is this is for like that's clearly you or maybe tell me if this is right. Are you doing that instinctually? Okay. I am now confident from my years of experience I can tell that I know enough. And so for somebody who is learning to evaluate companies and doesn't have that instinct this is what I'm trying to, maybe there isn't an answer, but what I'm trying to find out is like, what is enough? Okay. Here's, here's what's enough. Enough to be pretty confident in your view of the future cash flow of the company. A conservative view yeah. of the future cash flow of the company. Yeah. That's what's enough. Because that'll get you to a value and that'll get you to a margin of safety price. So what do you have to know? Not everything. You don't have to know everything. You have to know that the business has a strong enough position in the market, right? What we call a moat. Mm -hmm. 
you have to know that the moat is really good. Yeah, and I think and that's so, where that's where I get tripped up on this enough thing. Um, to evaluate the moat requires a lot of information. Or tell me if this is if you agree with this. To me, it seems like it requires a lot of information about the competitors and the industry. And when I start getting into that, it becomes, like you said, a feeling that you can never know enough without knowing every single thing about every other competitor and about the industry and what competitive industries are out there. Okay, now I have to find out about the competitive industries. And, and you know, none of that is <clears throat> a waste of time or uninteresting. It's great, but it sucks up a lot of time. And I think uh, the question that I have and that I, I hear from people is like, when do I stop? When, when am I like, I don't have an instinct about confidence in a company. So, and, and this is what I'm saying is maybe there isn't really an answer, but as far as the weather, maybe a better question is how much do you look into all of those external factors? Well, let's, let's take one that's a little easier. Let's, let's go back to our famous Chipotle Mexican girl. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Those of you who just joined the podcast and haven't listened to everything before, we have talked about Chipotle ad nauseum. Um, we love it's them. Such a good example. And I got to eat there the other day because I'm in America. It is the <laughs> best. And I've it's got so to good. put queso in my burrito, which I had never done before. It was really oh, good. good. Isn't it? Yeah. Wow. And then so, I was shocked at the price. I got. A burrito with all the fixings with guacamole and queso, and it was sixteen fifty for a burrito. Yeah, and how like, good was it? Oh, it was great. And was it an entire meal? It absolutely was. And I mean, I used to get Chipotle burritos and save half for the next meal because for me they're so big. Um, but yeah, I well, was. Look, you you get your shocked. vegetables, you get your protein, you get your carbs. And for $16, you've got two meals. I mean, that's all right. It's all right, so, but it but was a lot. But here's the point. That's yeah. the weather. That's the weather. What's the that's weather? That's the weather. Oh, $16, right? You're saying yeah. 16 That's a lot. Well, how do you know that's a lot? Because you're going to other places. You have other choices mm -hmm. that might use that $16 and stretch it farther. Mm -hmm. Might get more food, perhaps. I mean, you could look at it and see if that's true. Yeah. Right. You might get more food. You might get better food. You might get higher quality food. You might get better service. You might get it quicker. It might be a lot of things, right? You might be a cleaner facility and that's the weather. So if you are interested in, let's say you see that Chipotle is going on sale because there's a big headline that they got E. coli yeah. and people got sick front page news and, and you're a fan of fast food. You eat fast food. Mm-hmm. You already know a lot about the weather, mm -hmm. even if you've never been to a Chipotle, because totally. you know what the competition is. Because you know the competition, yeah, exactly, and you've yeah. experienced it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go over to Chipotle, and what happens when you go to Chipotle is you're pleasantly surprised at how good this is. Yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's really what happens. And so immediately you see just from the littlest bit of weather search, right? Just a little research that is based on your life that you've been living. You see right away there's something about this company. Mm-hmm. There's something special here. They can charge more, but then maybe you get more in terms of quality, in terms of this and that, right? Yeah. You add it all up and you mm-hmm. go, not a bad deal. I'm, I'm willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then if you were to continue your research, you might go to a Chipotle in New York City, say, at 1130, 12 o'clock noon, and you can't get in because the line goes all the way through the restaurant out the door. Exactly. Right. And you say, whoa, wow, this is interesting. Right. That that was a phenomenon at Urban Outfitters. You guys remember when we went to Urban Outfitters and you're like, we're in this (laughs) giant line. Like, what the heck is this? Now, I remember that one's that. hard for me. That's hard for me because I'm, I'm not into that world, right? But you I remember be. that because we were walking down uh, 14th Street and there's an urban, I think there's still an Urban Outfitters there at like 14th and 8th, roughly. And um, and it was well before I ever had, a zero, had any interest in investing. And you were like, whoa, there's a line at Urban Outfitters. And I was like, what? Like, why Why do you care? And you were just like, there's a line. Is there always a line? Is it always there? Is there often a line? What's happening with this line? Exactly. And we were like, what? Like, do you want to buy things at Urban Outfitters? And you were like, no, I don't. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and, but it's just such a like different conversation. Right. With, when you get where you're coming from. Yeah. Like looking back on that. It's like, it's like you're, walking, you're, you're walking through the like out out and taking a hike and 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 you, you know there's the obvious oh the sun is shining on the meadow right there everywhere else cloudy and rainy but right there it's really sunny mm-hmm. Th- that's the weather and it's it should be pretty damn obvious especially to a novice investor looking for their first investments it should be really obvious there's something going on here this is special right so Does that's that enough. Sense? Yeah. And that's enough to get intrigued. Yeah. That'll get it's you started. not enough to know that they have a moat. No. Then you can look at some really easy numbers. Okay. So okay. Some, first off, something special is going on in something you already know something about. So yeah. there we go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Now we look Best at... Best way at, to pick what to look at. Absolutely. Right. Then you go take a, take a peek at some, some significant numbers. There are some growth rate numbers, and just a handful, and then there are some what we'd call management numbers. So those, that combination of things, really, there are about eight numbers, and you've got it. You, you can, when you get better at this, you can take a look at a financial report from a company um, generated, you know, by somebody like Google or Microsoft or, you know, any, at our website or whatever. You, you can see them all summarized. You can just scan it and you tell within seconds that these numbers are good or bad. 
So true. This and is just for anybody wondering the numbers, um, you can find them in our book Invested, uh, where we go into great detail about them. But yep. just stuff like return on invested capital, return on equity, um, yep. the debt, looking at yep. those types of things. Those are those are the big ones. So let's just say you did those three. I'm even knock it down to two. Just return on invested capital and debt. If you were just to look at those two numbers on this company that's really obviously special, you've already figured that out, something special. Then you go look and you see, oh wow, first off, they've been around a long time, over 10 years, mm -hmm. and look at these numbers. They have no debt and return on invested capital of 18% per year. That's amazing. Consistently, 18%, just look back the whole time, 18 or higher, yeah. And no debt. They've never had any debt. Well, immediately you're in the vicinity of a magic business. I was going to say, a that's a unicorn. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and that's the ones we want to buy. <laughs> we want to buy those. Uh, listen, those that was Google. That was Apple. That was um, Chipotle. I mean, those are all three unicorn businesses that looked like unicorns. They were yeah. clearly unicorns. Yeah, and I guarantee you there were others that looked like that that we do not have in our heads because they went away. So the big question here about the weather wait, wait. for you me. You can't say that without just being able to point to some of those that had yeah. no debt and high return on invested capital and had that for years and years, and then I mean, they went away? That's fair, I don't have an example of that. That's totally fair, I, I don't. Maybe they, maybe they don't exist, but I have to assume there's gotta be one or two. I, and, I think that would be the screaming exception, if but, only because but, it's very hard to go away if you have no debt. <laughs> I mean, maybe you, maybe you get bought true. by somebody and that's how true. you go away. Yeah, but that's okay for an investor. Um, yeah. But it, that's what leads me to the next part, which is which is the enough part of it, is durable competitive advantage. Those numbers are right. in the past. And right. I'm trying to predict the future with confidence. Right. And right. that's where the, well, are things about to change? Uh, right. Are these numbers being fixed in some way, as we've seen in other so companies? Let's, let's, take on, let's take on that are things about to change question. Okay. Because I, I listened to Warren Buffett talk about this once and he just did it. It was so clear. So I'll try to paraphrase him as best I can. Okay. And you probably remember this as well. And that is that he was talking to Bill Gates and Bill Gates said he should be buying some Microsoft. And this is back years ago. And Buffett said, well, I don't know anything about computers. And, he, and Bill said, well, do you use one? And he says, well, sort of, you know, and, but I just don't really know anything about it. Um, and, and he said, why, why do you think I should, I should buy them? And he said, well, because it's going to, you know, everything's going to change because of the, the computer. And he says, Warren said something like, well, you know, something about, do you chew gum? Oh, right. And I don't know. Yeah, I kind of right? remember this anecdote. Yeah. And, and the basics of it was, well, gum chewing isn't going to change in the future. Uh-huh. And that's why we can rely on the numbers, he's not saying it like this, but that's why you can rely on the numbers from the past to project into the future because it's not gonna change. Or if it's changing, it's changing so slowly you can adjust. 
Whereas he had no such confidence in any specific computer company. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, knowing that change is just endemic to the whole that whole category of companies that, you know, they, they have to change all the time in order to survive. Whereas a gum company doesn't have to change at all. In fact, it's success is based on being the same thing all the time, everywhere. Absolutely. You get that same quality, mm -hmm. um, which is essentially the essence of a fast food place. You want the same quality, cleanliness, service, everything, Wherever you walk into a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Chipotle, whatever. Exactly. That's what you're expecting. So there's there's the key is that you want something that is going to stay stable into the future. And I guess your question would be, well, how hard is it to find those or how hard is it to know that they're they're one of those kinds of things? And I would say if you that's why we want something that's been around 10 years and been through a recession and and we can see you know that that they're still the same company they're still Walmart they're still Coca-Cola they're still Chipotle so you hmm. want something that is going to stay the same as a novice investor now certainly it's fun to invest in new things that are coming out they're going to change the world the electric car the the batteries, the the solar, the net, whatever. The Netflixes, the, frankly. The Netflixes. I mean, that's great, why we spent like example. five episodes debating Netflix. Like, it's a yeah. real question. Well, Netflix is a great example of a company yeah. that may have to change in the future. It has certainly changed in the past, right? Oh, it used yeah. to sell I mean, transformation that they study in business school case studies. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. And yet now they are in streaming and they made a great transition from CDs to streaming or DVDs to streaming. And if there's something else in the future, we can, well, I think, to a certain And then degree, they made a massive transition from providing entertainment that other people have made, licensing all the shows and all that. Uh, they didn't make point. anything. And now they've become a production studio. Very, Huge, very, very, very massively different so, business. So Netflix is Netflix is def, definitely harder because of those things. Much easier to look at a Chipotle and see that, oh, the change that they could make in the future would be to add a takeout window. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was the first question that Nuno asked me the other day when we went to Chipotle. He goes, do they have drive through? And I was like, oh, if only. And no, because there's such a legacy business of not being a drive-through that their locations typically don't allow them to <laughs> add that. To so they have right. to basically just like open new locations if they want to do a drive-through. So yeah, it's just uh yeah, like is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, their original their original value proposition was that they were not a drive-through on purpose and you got to go in, got to, not had to, got to go in and tell the person how much beans to put on and how much cheese to put on and all that stuff. And you get well, to see it being fairness, made. Well, in all fairness, COVID changed everything, in all fairness. And yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, like to just, me, that's a really interesting example of yeah. what's the future of this company? Like, is drive-through incredibly important all of a sudden? Is this a big change? Um, let's let's say it is because let's of COVID. Let's say it is. So this is the kind of black swan event that can upset a portfolio of small of a small number of companies and would drive many 
investors to think, ah, oh, you know, I, I should just massively diversify because there's no accounting for these kinds of black swan events. And, and so look at, look at Chipotle in that example, or look at Netflix in that example, or look at, you know, any of the other companies in our portfolio, basically. Um, and you could see that those companies, because they had such major moats and because they were debt free and well managed, um, were able to move through the pandemic um, with some of them higher revenues and higher earnings than before, and all of them went through successfully. Mm -hmm. So again, you, looking at the whole weather, you don't have to know so much that you can know what this company is going to do during a pandemic, which no one could even imagine, right? So you're yeah. not gonna get to that level of, of research. It just isn't gonna happen because there are things that you know you can't know, and then there are things that you can't know you can't know. There's things you can't dream up. Sure. That are going to happen in the future. And so, so the, the, well, I guess the criteria that we have is that this is first and foremost a really big moat company, that they have really good numbers. That, that the Which one are you talking about Excellent. Now? I'm just talking about how you would know this thing is really going to make which, it through. Oh, a, a, a uh, imaginary in company. Okay. Yeah. In general, you're looking at great big return on invested capital. Why? Because they make a lot of money on every dollar that they retain. Mm -hmm. they, they just make a ton on it. I mean, Apple makes like $30 on every, what is it, on every hundred. They retain $100. They make 30 more on it the next year. Jeez. It's like, good Lord, what kind of savings account is that? Right. And it gives you so much room as a, as a, as a management team to have big problems come up and have the time and the money to solve them. True. And Very so true. that's why we want high return invested capital and no debt is the other side of that coin. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to be paying some bank that wants all of its money back next year because it doesn't trust that you're going to survive. So yeah. you're like, well, where am I going to get all this money that I just borrowed uh, at 3% and now they want 8% and they don't want to refinance even half of it because I, they don't think I can. It's like nightmare scenario that's happening to companies as we speak. And so those two things, just those two things, if you have them both, you are so close to having enough of a weather report that you can make an investment. You're so close. You do, Just you need to put a, a more fine things. point on it. Okay. You need a couple more things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You let's... still can't put a value on it. You haven't been able to put a value on it with just those two things. Uh, almost okay, can. Okay. Yes. Boy, you yeah. almost can. You're <laughs> really getting close <laughs> because okay. you can, you can kind of put a value on it using I mean, I know I love that the way you wrote up the 10 cap value analysis in, in your in the book invested. I thought that was really well done. And and it allows you to not have to know so much that you can predict the growth rate in the future, mm. which is yeah. asking quite a lot, actually, of anybody. Uh, very few companies can sustain something forever. Right. And so you're, you're guessing into the future. All it asks is, hey, is it going to be bigger? Can you see? that this will be bigger down the road five, 10 years. It's gonna be bigger or no? And if you don't know, then 
then you know, you don't have enough information to make the investment. But if you could just look at it and say, huh, well, let's see, I've got this corn farm and um, are people going to be paying more for corn in the future than they're paying right now? Well, let's take a look. You know, you look back and you say, okay, well, corn prices have been here way up high and they've been really low. And right now they're really low. So yeah, we could probably say that corn prices are going to be higher in the future. Okay. Hmm. So that's right, like a, a, that's like, I would call that like an industry level analysis. Yeah. That's a, that's a commodity level kind of. Sure. Commodity. We're going to, we're going to buy this oil company when oil prices are $30 a barrel. And yeah, as long as they keep using as much oil in the future as they're using now, then this is going to get bigger. Hmm. Pretty, okay. pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Pretty easy. Well, I have more questions, especially okay, well, about let's, let's, the matrix you mentioned last time. So we will, because uh, we're doing this as a series, we get to keep talking about it. So we'll be back. Let's keep talking about it next, next time. Next time with more on our weather series. And by the way, I know a lot of people have questions around this. So um, besides my questions, if you have questions I haven't asked, send them in to invest to uh, questions at investedpodcast.com and I will actually check it and see if anybody sends questions and uh, what they are and we'll try to read some of those off so that we can get some answers because I know that this is a really it's difficult I think once you have the experience it becomes a lot less difficult but for somebody who's newish it's really tough to know when you're done when you're when you've done enough so yeah questions at investedpodcast.com and we'll be back next week thanks everybody awesome thank you got to go play see ya hi guys thanks for listening to invested if you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.